Welcome to No Applause, Just the Clap. I am Deb, and the gentleman sitting next to me that recently accused me of having a stroke in a text message is Doug. Hello. Sorry, my bad grammar and anger combined to make me yell no, about no, that. No, no, it was, no, it, it totally made sense and, in context, which we'll talk about later. Well, are we going to talk about that later? But just that you threw a name in there, I was like, that has to be an autocorrect, because I don't know who you're talking about. Well, oddly enough, it's the same name as my older sister, but that's not who I was talking about. I didn't even, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't even put that together until now. Oh. Toronto, what are you doing? Kitty Frenzy. Um, so, we are going to try and rebuild uh, half of our lost episode right here in the beginning, where we talk about Man of Steel. Michael Shannon, you fucking killed it. Yep, uh, you said that last week. Um, we won't get into, I think we spent like half an hour on it uh, last time. I wanted to touch on, on, on the technical just a couple, I was going to say, I just want to touch on a couple things when it comes to Man of Steel. I do like the redesign of the costume a lot. The more, the more military, the more yes. utilitarian and practical. And they they're took ge- they're the, getting rid the of the underwears. Yeah. yeah, they did it with Batman too, though. But I, I like that they took the S off the cape. It's just plain red cape now. Yep. I was gonna say I like. Which it. still, I mean, they could add the S on the cape because it's still a sign for hope. Yeah, but I think it made more but sense. But on Earth, it's an S. <laughs> I was gonna say they had a lot cleaner lines on the suit. They made it look a little bit more military esque. It say looked it, vaguely chainmail-ish, didn't it? I was going to say, it did bit? look a little bit more utilitarian. Yeah. And uh, I was going to say, that to me just had to do more with the fiber. The the knit on the fiber, I think it was made to make it look more strong. The Kryptonian thread count. Yeah, exactly. It made to make it look more strong. Because, I mean, if you look at stuff that's supposed to be heavy-duty like that, they do have a more interesting weave to them okay. to make it stronger. So that's what I thought the almost chainmail, like, cellular structure look on the suit was for. Okay. That's my thought on that. Speaking of suits, I meant to show you a trailer before we started, and we're not going to be able to watch it. And uh, We're having a late start today. Yeah, we are. So, um, we got into a yelling match about Arrow. Make a note of that off-air, and we'll talk about it next week. There's a trailer I want you to watch. I'm going to write trailer question mark on oh, the whiteboard. Trailer exclamation point. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, I finally finished reading a book. Hold on. On Man of Steel, I gotta say this because I, I sorry, go ahead. I, I didn't bring it up on. We talked about Lost episode, and we talked about it for like three quarters of the episode. Yeah, we did. Um, but there was something on that I didn't bring up. Okay. Um, and we won't get into the whole uh, the the different sides of the coin with Kal-El and um, Zod, and then you know what what we thought of Jor-El being kind of very uh, present Prominent. the whole movie. Um. Uh, I. I honestly, I think was I had. Russell, was it Russell Crowe that did Jarrell? Yeah. No? Yeah. You, you did very well as Jarrell. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, continue. Master and scientist. Um, that didn't work. It's going with the master yeah, and commander. That naughty water is going straight to my empty belly. Um. So, no. Uh, one thing, and it, it got brought up on a on a podcast I was listening to, and I think it was on my notes, mm-hmm. or I, maybe I talked about it off air, but apparently you can't make. Or maybe I texted you about it. You can't make a Superman movie without Baby Dick. Oh yeah, you had that in there. I did, and we didn't we didn't talk about it on the last episode. But you have there has been a lot more full frontal nudity and of super, children. Oh, well, in just Superman. in general of in superheroes as in the last few years. I mean, name one other movie with Baby Dick in it. That's a superhero movie. Not Baby Dick, but there's definitely Dick and Watchmen. Yeah, Blue Dong, yeah. Which is really funny, because a lot of people got distracted by that. I more just registered it and moved on. Well, my thing is people kept going, it's got a big blue dick. I'm like, yes, but the big blue dick is a metaphor for his attachment to the humanity's, mor- you know, uh, uh, mores and, and ideals. And the more naked he gets, the more he's moving away from his innate humanity. The more he's losing his the less basic he wears, humanity. Yeah. The less he wears, code, the less yeah. he cares. That's the metaphor that Alan Moore was using. So by the time he's naked, wow, you're like... we're going to get t-shirts made up now. The less he wears, the less he cares. And it rhymes. Yeah, you were the one that just busted out with that, Doug. Life, less, just... life lesson number 17. If it rhymes. It goes on a t-shirt I'm... I got nothing. Um, yeah. If it rhymes, it's right on time. There you go. High five. See, if we just do that, the hand to the back. If we do the, the, the yeah, the, 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 Jonah, the Jonah Ray backhand yeah, high five. It totally works, but we can't do it. It's like us trying to do the community chest slap high five. Oh, Lord. 
We had a comment on Facebook, like, how hard, like, I, you just have to look at the elbow. And I'm like, no, it was a synchronized, like, routine. We're going <laughs> like, to have to understand. videotape us trying to do it, put it up on YouTube. Yeah, that'll be YouTube. Yeah, definitely. Um, that'll be another episode of Awkward Innings with Devin Doug. Awkward not awkward, innings. Not awkward outings, just awkward innings. Much like us creepily staring out the window at Gretchen last week. <laughs> I can see you. No, you're looking at the second floor. No, look down. No, look no, down. no, no, look up again. No, don't do that. You look nervous. Yeah. Um, do you remember when I did that to you? What? Right when I started dating Irma. We saw you, you were walking, right. to, you were walking, walking to Scruffy's. To, yeah, I was walking to work down off of, uh, Larimer. Mm-hmm. And we're like, that's that was it. The, that was also the same day you got, what, like, the free razor blades? The shaving razor, yeah. Yeah. It wasn't just, like, a weird guy handing out razor blades. No, no, they were, like, little, were they one-offs, or? Yeah, it was, like, yeah, like, 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 a, 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 like a disposable Mach 3 or something. Yeah. Um, not that I'd use it. I, 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 yeah, I'm not a big fan of shaving. Um, you're clean shaven right now. I mean, you're a little scruffy. But well, I, the Halloween it. party, I couldn't be scruffy because. Yeah, Doctor Who doesn't have a Doctor grows facial hair like a Native American. So. Well, look at Matt Smith. I mean, I love Matt Smith, but he looks a little. He's a baby face. I was going to say, he looks a little. He's a baby face. Same with Tenet. What? Tenet always has a little bit of scruff. Yeah, he does have a little five o'clock shadow going. But in a good way. And in then I, way. I always remember Eccleson from um, from Heroes when he's like a destitute, invisible, homeless person. I was going to say, that reminds me. So, God, you're going to laugh at me when I say this, but I was going to say, so I've been watching Beauty and the Beast on, uh, on Netflix. A Tale as Old as Time? No, no. The, the CW series, Beauty and the Beast. Still doesn't hold a candle to fucking Ron Perlman and it Linda Hamilton. It doesn't. However, it's really nice to see that the lead Indian guy from Heroes is still getting some work. Mohinder? Yeah. Can't remember his fucking real name. But it's Mohinder Shoresh. Yeah, no, Mohinder is... is and getting... you knew Heroes was going bad when they said, there are two people who are never going to get powers. And then on the third season, they got, they got powers. powers. <sighs> Damn you, Though, writers. admittedly, Mohinders were like that whole Jekyll and Hyde, like... You know, like, I can see why they gave him powers and they backfired. Okay, so... But giving Ando powers say, is bullshit. Giving people powers. So, I finally finished reading a book you've been pestering me to read for a while now. I sat down and just kind of cracked through it. Ex-Heroes. Yes. I did have the same complaint that you had. It really ticked me off that they wanted you to have this innate knowledge of the street. It's, the, yeah, the like, he only wanted to sell Hollywood. it to people. Yeah, it's like he only wanted to sell... The book to people who live in, in like, North L.A. like And understood layout. Yeah. I realize that some of these streets are basic knowledge, but, dude, it just bored me most of the time when he's talking about these, you know, streets, they're, they're wandering around looking for supplies. And, and they talk right. about, like, well, they're in a four-block radius of this, or there's this building on this intersection. I'm going, I don't know what that is. I get that he's trying to give you a sense of scale, but since I don't know that, I thought it was bullshit. It, it takes you out of the book really quick. and I felt like I should pull up like a street map of L.A. so I can start marking these places he's talking about. Yeah, Google map it. But but of course I didn't because I'm lazy. Well, and, and, part, and another issue I had with the book was that he has people talk, I, I think of it in, like in, a, in a screenplay or in a movie way, in a very visual way, where he has these people talk from off camera or talk on camera that he hasn't introduced. Yeah, they're, they're just kind of there. Where, yeah, like, he doesn't describe that they're there. He just, you, you're just all of a sudden like, why is, is Jim talking? Oh, Jim's there? Oh, okay. He doesn't, and it's not, it's not a bad book. No, no. Um, and it's a, fan, it's a fantastic reading, premise. I like love I said, it. I said, I'm reading Expatriates. Uh, I was going to say, is it Expatriates? Expatriates is the sequel, yeah. Yeah, I'm reading Expatriates now, but... At the end of the book, and you ask me, you're like, do you care about any of these characters? And I'm like, I'm more interested in two of them. I don't really give a shit about them, but I want to know more. Well, and I, my thing was that there's a character who dies, mm -hmm. and there's a character who gets bitten. Um, I'm, I'm going to avoid spoilers because it's a book, so anyone can pick it up. Um, I, I recommend it. Um, I wouldn't say highly recommend, but it's, it's, I don't recommend buying it. Um, or I'm sorry, I don't recommend buying it. I don't regret buying it. Like I said, I'm in the middle of an audiobook now that has drawn me in a lot more. Um, but we'll talk about that later. But uh, I, I was I I got 
like I said, like the last, like I think 40, between 40 and 60 pages, just that final real big push climax um, at the end of the third act, I was just like, what the fuck is going to happen next? Like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And I'm like, wait a minute. Like, I didn't care about these people for 200 pages. And then all of a sudden I'm emotionally invested. Like, it was a weird phenomenon that I've never really had before. But like I said, I got to the end of the book and there was only two characters that I was really interested in. And one of them, it's more that I'm waiting for. You the can flaw. say the characters. You can say you can say it's uh, stealth. It's it's stealth and Saint George. I'm waiting to find out what stealth's downfall is because at this point it's pride. I was going to say no, but I mean <laughs> I can say that. But at this point, they've basically made her perfect. She's fucking gorgeous. What's, she's smart. She can fight. She's physically active. It's uh, if you're a comic book nerd, it's it's the Bat God, is what that is. Um, like I said, I'm it's just making Batman infallible. Yeah, like I said, I, they, they, the, they've made her into basically the perfect supposed, you know, superhuman. I mean, where is the flaw? You'll see someone who takes her down a peg uh, in Expatriates. Well, that's uh, one of the things, though, is that at this point, she doesn't need to be taken down a peg, but humans aren't perfect. There, There's, you, you see, I wouldn't say a, a chink in the armor, but you see, you see a weakness come out of her or the uh, or a weakness ex- ex- exploited um in i think halfway through you realize it in that book um if you're a, if you're a comic nerd um i'm going to i'm going to use it, it's a very um uh omac project um infinite crisis yeah. twist um and i know you, i don't think you've read either of those so i'm no, i'm safe no, and not ruining it for Sorry, you I'm- Messaging on non-turn right now because I'm fucking starving. <laughs> um, that's fine. I'll just keep talking about the book. But uh, no, I just I had the, I turned that corner from the we're doing this now. The I need food immediately. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, it's it's one of those things where it's like, and I can see ego being a little bit of her downfall just because I thought absolutely the whole they they have a gimmick where she wears a mask because she's apparently so beautiful people don't take her seriously. They, there in was their backstory, they talk about There that, was a yeah. lot of eye-rolling when that happened. She's like, and then I worked as the Victoria's Secret model and for Amber Crombie and Fitch. Well, I was eye working roll. on my third doctorate, and you're like, like oh my roll. god. Yeah, there, there and were... then I developed this thing that would allow you to learn things this time, this faster and increase your physicality. Eye-roll. But no one but no one took me seriously because I was... And they keep talking about how, how poured into her costume she is. And it's like, Jesus Christ, you really need to, like, belt this into us like we get it look we understand. she's shapely you know i really just want her and saint george to hook up so we can get it over with because they've been teasing that for a while now and i'm just saint gonna george quietly is, nod like i said in saint george <laughs> saint george is the batman in this he's the symbol S- superman you think he's superman i think he's a superman he was the first, he's considered the best, he's considered the icon, that's Superman. Okay. He's considered the moral compass of not only their little shanty town, but of the superhero community with with um, uh, Gargan and Stealth and Zap, who I love Zap. I really love um, Zap. I'm very sad Gargan's not around anymore because I thought it was interesting. Well, spoiler alert on the character I said who died. Um, yeah. He goes out like a fucking hero. Yeah, you're fine. Spoiler slap. Um... I was going to say, no, because I thought he was interesting. Because he, goes out, he was, goes out like a fucking hero. He does go out like a hero, but I found him more fascinating than some of the other characters you they get, introduced. I'll, I'll tell you... Like, you what's, what's the name of the doctor? The reanimator? What's his actual name? It's like Actual name or code name? Actual name. Is it like Tommy or something like that? Tommy... I don't remember his actual name, but he's go. He goes John, under. Maybe? He goes under uh, the regenerator. Is well, his code it was name? The, I was gonna say it was the immortal, and then it was the regenerator. regenerator when he realized that he. I could. don't give a fuck about him. I kind of give a fuck when you realize, kind of how integral he was to the beginning that you. Yeah, but now the beginning that, of the story you didn't see. You know what that, I mean? Like I said, now that he's not the regenerator and he can't be killed, I could give a shit. Well, but you now know that... you fuck right off. But you know that he is... Okay, it, it, the whole thing is, it's it's like when Wolverine got the adamantium ripped out of his, his uh, body in the Fatal Attractions um, crossover that 
they they talked about how Wolverine's I'm healing. I'm sorry, you said Fatal Attractions crossover, and I got the most hilarious mental images going. It's Wolverine doing the leg cross. It was Wolverine versus Sharon Stone, and her doing the leg cross for him. No, no, but she's like the weird like doll person from Catwoman. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, okay, sorry. Go ahead. You hurt my beauty. You're Sharon Stone. You haven't been a beauty in twenty years. Um. Fuck you, Fatal Attractions too. Anyway, um. Fatal Bugaloo? I got nothing. Uh, oh, I totally have something to show you on my phone later. Um, but uh, Welcome to Deb and Doug share inside information while other people listen. Yeah. I, I, shouldn't, I shouldn't critique you on having a stroke during um, a text, because apparently I have one out loud like every five seconds. Um, but no, uh, uh, that Wolverine's healing ability was pretty much kept, his, his powers were kept in check. Yeah. Because they were constantly fighting the adamantium poisoning, and you have that next heroes where regenerators' healing abilities are keeping the the zombie, the zombie virus like cont- what is it contained to like his arm or something? He's got like the dead arm from fucking um, Dollhouse, um, the the dead arm that Summer Glow has from um, Dollhouse season two. No, I'm just thinking about dead arm. You know, sometimes when you like fall asleep in your arm in a weird position, and then you wake up later and you have to like kind of like dead arm sling it somewhere else so you can get the blood flowing back again. I know exactly what he means. No, I'm, I'm not talking about the spooning thing. Okay. Just sometime when you Thanks happen for to... the catch. All right. No, I'm not talking about the spooning thing. I'm just talking about how sometimes you fall asleep in a weird position yeah. and then you'll wait up and you're you've totally got like complete dead arms. So you have to do like the the almost like. Popping it back in the socket. The dead body, like, Exactly. Um, so, X Heroes, I'm not sad I read it, but. Eh, it's a little. It's an bit, eh. Alright. No, it's disappointing that Ernest Klein gave it such a big endorsement considering with, uh, with, how with, much superior Ready Player One is. And genre, jo- genre dropping, if you can say that. Genre dropping. If, fuck it, if I could say it. Um. That he said it's like Walking Dead meets the Avengers, and which I, I think that I think, which I think is an apt analogy, but I think it misleads you in terms of. I think that it's a slow burn. That's like saying Fifty Shades of Grey is like Twilight with better sex, and you're like, okay, but you're like, well, that's but if you read the book, that's not an accurate portrayal. But you also realize you remember how I tricked you into watching Veronica Mars the first time. It's like Buffy without, without the, the vampires. vampires. That wasn't a great description, but it's what you needed to hear to Did actually that watch Na- the series. Did you, uh, NASA has a crowdsource um, page for a, a new Mars mission, and apparently it's raised less money in less time, or no, yeah, less money and less time than the Veronica Mars Kickstarter. So it's actually easier to get a Veronica Mars... Um, Kickstarter than an actual mission to Mars. (laughs) When, okay, yeah. I I love that pop culture has taken over the world and, like, nerd culture has risen um, to the heights that it has. But come on, science is part of that. Can we just, can we just go, maybe we should not give our $50 to Veronica Mars and give our money to, like, I don't know, colonizing Mars. Don't you talk about Veronica Mars that way. But yes, I'd be perfect. Talking about Shaft. Like I said, um, I'd be totally up for sending somebody to Mars because science is a very important part of our everyday life. You know what they say? Magic is just science they haven't figured out yet. Fucking and you know what movie you're quoting that we're gonna talk about next week, which means you better fucking see it. Thor. Yeah, Dark World and Chris Eccleston. Did you, bring this like one I said, did you like that? It took me a minute to to think about that. I'm like Thor. But you realize I didn't watch the original Thor until way after I'd seen the Avengers, just because I was I had like, someone eh. sh- I had someone openly shit on Thor with one sentence, and I was like, really, that's your fucking takeaway? And he goes, a fucking rainbow bridge? And I'm like, that's not, like, it's not like they put the rainbow bridge in the movie. Like, that's actual myth- Norse mythology. Like, that's the rainbow bridge to Valhalla. I'm like, and they did it really well. It just shimmers. Okay, we're, we're not going to talk about this, because you know my feelings on Thor, and you know your feelings on Thor. Let's move on you to something. You love Griff Hemsworth, I love Thor. Anyway, so Arrow Season 2. Speaking of... Dude, they did not even fucking try on the recast of Sarah for Black Canary. Hold on, let's do this chronologically, because I've got some notes. Um, let's start off with... Also, the... continuing the, my complaints about people's hair, I really fucking hate how they're styling Laurel this season. I hate her hair, and I hate the clothes they're putting her in. 
They put too many blonde highlights in her fucking hair, and they're putting her in a lot of orange. What the fuck? She's not lit really well. She's in a lot of dark rooms this season. Um, but I repeat, they put a lot of blonde in her hair, which I fucking hate. Because one of the things I liked about Laurel is that she seemed to be very more easy and casual. I mean, they put her in a lot of very tailored clothing. Yeah. But still, it didn't look like she take. It took a lot of upkeep. Which always kind of begged the question: How could she afford to dress up when, like, or dress up when she works for like this like nonprofit lawyer organization and her dad's how a beat cop? How could she afford her apartment? You just gotta let that one go. How do any characters in any TV shows afford their apartments? That's a whole other story. Like I said, um, you just gotta let that one go. So now she's a DA. Yes. And uh, and she's after the she's after the hood she's after the vigilante. Well, she's kind of taking it down a notch, but yeah. Well, now as of as of episode say, four, the pacing on this with... scene is fucking like lightning quick. Yes, however, like it's like boom, 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 and I'm like, get to your notes so I can yell about Sarah's casting again. Yeah, cause, well, spoiler alert, uh, we're gonna be talking about uh, all the way up to uh, episode season four, uh, episode, episode season four, four of season, four, season two. Four, season two. Um, of, of Eros, if you haven't caught up, we're going to be talking about it. Um, and there are major spoilers coming up. So many spoilers. So, one you have, uh, I want that, that Ollie has gone the non-lethal route, and you're starting to see... Where he's moving away from the hood and becoming Green Arrow. Well, there are two things. One, you're starting to see the trick arrows. Yeah. You're starting to see the... It's only a matter of time before we start seeing the boxing glove arrow. God, I want to see the boxing glove arrow. I'm sorry, oh my I totally God! There's do. great in a Justice League comic I'll talk about later. Um, where his his illegitimate or his uh, yeah illegitimate son is uh, without arrows and is in the Justice League like satellite, and he breaks into the you know trophy room and finds like the original Green Arrow, and he's like, handcuff arrows, boxing glove arrows. Like what the fuck? Can't you just have fucking arrows? Yeah. Um, and he is of course using them in very creative ways, but um, as the original Green Arrow would. Um, but yeah, you have him going, I can't be the hood, I have to become something else, and they're like, well, what are you going to become? And he holds up a green arrow, and I'm like, I got excited, but at the same time, it was like, fucking, really? Like, that's kind of a weird, campy way to get there. You think they maybe put a little bit too fine a point on that? Yeah, it was a little more than tongue-in-cheek at that point, where it wasn't, the subtlety was lacking, where it's, what will I become? A green arrow, and you're like, oh, Jesus. Um, uh, you've by got... the way, I do love Felicity's fucking little hissy fit she throws when Oliver makes her his PA. I'm not making you coffee. Okay, just this once. Um, she's like, I quit. He's like, no, you don't. He's like, yes, yes, I do. Not my old job in, in the tech department. My new job. Yeah. No, I loved her little hissy she, fit about she's that. Growing, she's growing into that, and you see that on, on episode four. You, do, you see that when she's... Making the excuses to River Song to uh, not River Song. Um, God damn it! A different river. Oh my oh, God! God. You just did that. That just happened. That was the greatest nerd stumble I think I've ever heard. Hmm. And I can't think of River's last name off the top of my head. Um, it's something really assy. Tan. It's not tan. Yeah, it is. Isn't it? Isn't it River Tan? Yeah. No, River... No, it's not River... Um, Crap! Internet, correct us on this one, because it's going to drive me nuts. damn it. Um, it's something but it's not River. It's obviously not River Song. Are you sure it's not? It, no, because River Song is Doctor Who. Are you looking it up? No. I'm not looking it up. Uh-huh. Whatever. Um, River... I think it's Tan. I really do think... Or Tam. I'm going with Tam. I'm, I'm willing to put my nerd balls on the chopping block on this one. I think it's River Tam and Simon Tam. Tam? Yes. Anyways, um, but I think she's an uh, excellent foil for him in the corporate world. Dude, she's so fucking dickish. Yeah, but I mean, she's such an asshole sense. that I love it. It's it's the, really the complete opposite of every. It, she's always kind of cutesy in a lot of stuff, even in Firefly. Oh, she was super cutesy in Firefly, and she was and, a badass. And she was super. It still had like a cute edge, you could, you could say, in the Terminator Chronicles. Well, I mean, she's a beautiful girl. But I, I, like I said, I love. But to have her be like the like. I love the see, like the, the boardroom shark. Like I said, she's she just wants the money. It's Tam, isn't it? Click on it. It's God Tam. Damn it. It's River Tam. River Tam is the fictional character in the Firefly franchise. Yeah. Um, God damn it. So why wouldn't it be something Asian? Because that's how they curse. Um, but yes. But, uh, 
moving away from Simmer Glow, I mean, I, I love her. Um, she hasn't done a whole lot other than take over uh, Queen Industries. No, but I mean, but she's there. Let's let's get. But a you also have Laurel in the first three episodes. It's just kind of a c-word, and it's because that's her way of dealing with Tommy's death. And she kind of breaks down and has that moment with her. At dad the end of the third the, uh, episode, say, yeah, after the doll episode. Which tell me that wasn't fucking creepish. Creepy as fuck. Like I was talking to you about that before you saw it. Where I was like, I don't know if the dollmaker is a real character in the comics or not. But like, Crazy. if they reinvented him as like that serial killer, like that's fucking creepy as shit. Like, but at the end he, of the episode, you know, she has her crying fit and she's like, "Tommy's dead because of me." I was gonna say, it's the yeah, only she has her come to Jesus on that. I yeah. said the only reason he was in the glades. But they follow that up immediately with season four and her having a little bit of a substance abuse problem, which they haven't really explored yet. I mean, they're just kind of teasing it, so we don't know if it's... But I like but I like that her dad goes, like, you got part of me, like... It, Maybe you got this from me, too. Yeah. And, and like I said, they, they've just been teasing it. They tease well, it when Ollie shows up at the party and she doesn't want to talk about it. She's and she drinking. chugs the, the champagne. And then they tease it later on when she's out to dinner with a co-worker and has too many glasses of wine and gets pulled over. And, and then at home she's to... popping Klonopins. Is it Klonopins? I think it was. It's not Xanax? It might be. Oh, I have no idea. I didn't really get it. I didn't pause and look at it, yeah. However, I would like to talk about season four and the reveal Hold on, on Black Hold on, we're talking Canary. about episode four. Um, episode four, yeah. The reveal on Black Canary. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, and then I'll get into my guy. They didn't even fucking try with the recast of Laurel's sister, Sarah. What, you, she had dark hair in the first season. Which would have worked because they have Black Canary doing the whole Silver Age thing by wearing a wig. Why wouldn't you at least have her hair colored differently when you reshoot the scene of her dying? Because that's a whole plot point in one of the episodes when Laurel's mom shows back up again. Then you don't have nerds picking apart the continuity like we're doing now. Like I said, but I mean, they have Laurel's mom showing up in the first season with a picture of a girl she thinks is her daughter. Blonde. And, no, dark hair. Was it dark hair? She had dark hair. Like I said, no, she had dark hair. I can picture the actress perfectly that they had in this first season. I understand that maybe you couldn't get her back, or she wanted too much money, or you just decided to go with a different actress for the series regular. But at least fucking try. You know, you don't see that much of Sarah in the first season. You see enough of her to know that she's a brunette. Which, once again, I would have said plays very well with the fact that she wears a wig like the Silverage So, Black if Canary. they at least colored her hair when they reshot the scene of the, I was going to say, of the Queen's Gambit going down, I'd be less peeved. But like I said, they didn't even try. They just got her naked with Ollie and put her in the boat and had her drowned. Well... Not drown. Well, you know what I mean. They'll get sucked into the ocean. Yeah. My. Also, I think the actress they recast is funny looking. <laughs> she doesn't have Muppet face, so that's a perk. Um, my takeaway, uh, not so much visual, but uh, story wise, is you have. I said the the I, my jaw dropped at the end of the third episode where you have what looked like the Dark Archer. Mm-hmm. The League of Assassins. And it's like, well, okay, so that implies that's where, uh, uh, I almost said Tommy Merlin, um, where Malcolm Merlin went to train. He trained under the League of Assassins. And then you have, uh, obviously, a now Asian, um, guy, um, say, like, you know, da 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 da, League of Assassins. And I'm going, holy fuck, like, they, they name dropped Al Ghul, mm-hmm. uh, with Black Canary. And you're like, what the fuck? At that point, you don't know it's Sarah. And I'm just like, no, Wait, hold on. Canary's got connections to the League of Assassins? That's mind-blowing. And my uh, my jaw dropped to have that plot line put up. I was um, less surprised, but, you know. Um, but then to have the big reveal that it's it's Sarah, which I was like, well, at least it's a Lance. Like, you know me, I had talked about, like, I, I, I didn't think they were going to make Laurel Black Canary. Canary yeah. Like, she was in the comics. So, I... I my silver lining on that dark cloud was, was uh, at least it was a lance. Um, and you did have the kind of, uh, like, twist that it, like, you thought the sister was dead. And Apparently she, Oliver has seen her die twice now. Oh, wait, she's back again. Well, but he says, like, you're dead on the island, and then she apparently is going to become his torturer on the hell boat, or the opposite of the love boat, as I've called it in my head. Um, <laughs> the hate boat. Um... So I'm I'm interested to see kind of I'm 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 actually engaged in 
what happens to Sarah? Yes. The other thing is they've started to build the Brother Blood plotline. Which I wanted to talk to you about because I when they teased him and then you saw him... Blood, I was going to say vote for Blood. Vote for Blood. And I was going to make a joke and go, yeah, you never trust a guy named Blood. Um, well, like I said, they've started to tease the Brother Blood connection with the very last scene in episode four. Which... His mask is very similar to the helmet that, uh, the skull helmet that, uh, the, the helm that the Brother Blood, uh, character, um, uh, wears in the comic. And, um, to fill, to fill you in a little bit, and the readers, if they're not familiar with Brother Blood. I am not. Um, he basically runs, like, um, like a satanic cult. Um, very charismatic, um, and I don't know how into the continuity they're gonna get into, but, uh, the thought is very much like that Brother Blood is immortal, but what happens is the son commits patricide to take over the role. So you keep having okay. the son kill the father over and over again, and you end up so with... he's not immortal, he's just... Yeah. Okay. Um, but... Um, you, so that you have this like kind of a, kind of a, a Doctor Who-esque thing where each Brother Blood kind of has, has a different personality. Okay, so um, I was going to say, it almost seems... So some of them have different motivations. There was one that was focused on gun running. He died, and the other one, like, drank blood to, like, take in the powers of people. Like, a, a very vampiric vibe to it. Um, which was... I was fine with it. It was great. It was written by Jeff Johns. But, um... So the minute I saw, like, you know, Alderman Blood, I'm going... And he kept having these lines on the fourth season, or I'm sorry, the fourth episode, before you see the, the reveal that he is Brother Blood. But he has these lines where he keeps saying, there are different ways to save the city. No, I'm working on that. No, I'm doing this. Like, there were all these little lines where, like, I know the character Brother Blood, so I was like, that's going to come into play later. And then, once again, like I said, the pacing is super quick on this season so far, where it's been reveal, 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 and you have him come out as Brother Blood, but now he's pumping people full of... God knows what. My first thought's Venom. What did you think about them using the Crucible metaphor again? What do you mean again? When he... What was his female love interest that wore the purple in the first season? Oh, Huntress. Did yeah, they Huntress. Have a, no, did they have a Crucible yeah, metaphor? Yeah, she talked about... Huntress? I was going to say, she talked about the murder of her fiancé being her Crucible. Like, Which, really, she's the opposite of Batman. Her parents were mobsters. At, yeah, okay, anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah, like I said, they used the Crucible metaphor a second time. Do they really? Time. Yeah. I didn't catch it in the first one. I don't remember I was going to say, one. yeah, no, she talks about her fiancé's death being her Crucible. About And Ollie kind of was talking... I was going to say, identifying with that because the island was his Crucible. And then they use that, I was going to say, they use that metaphor again when he's talking to Alderman Blood. And he's talking about the three different kinds of people that come out of a crucible. Well, he adds a third one, which I liked, I liked a lot. Which is interesting, because I was telling you, I was listening to an audio Because you're wondering which one Blood is. He's the kind that likes the crucible. You think so? You think he's type three? Yeah, I think he's type three. Type uh, three. Finished listening Cruci to a very... Crucibetes. <laughs> type three crucibetes. <laughs> Type three. What do you have to take to treat that, I wonder? Venom. <laughs> uh, I finished hu this Human skin mask. Whatever. Well, I honestly oh, think it's... I think it's... I, I think he's going a little uh, Leatherface on that one. Look at me. I'm Leatherface. <laughs> uh, no, I finished listening to the Psychopath Test audiobook. Okay. Which was really fascinating. It really is, in general, about the industry of madness and how people make money for it. I, I think there was an NXS song. Like a devil inside, devil industry inside. Of, industry of madness. <laughs> uh, I was gonna say I don't even really know a good way to describe the book, but it's it's one of those things where it's like there's so you much human error involved in everything, including were, diagnosis, that it's just fucking crazy. You were saying you were not okay after listening to it. Just the first part of it. Okay. I did find some interesting stuff. There's something called the, the Bob Fair Psychopath Checklist, and it's a list of 20 traits 
and you get graded on either a 0, 1, or 2 on whether or not you have those traits. And anything over a 30 is very alarming. Did you say that you have an audio? Is this is an audio book? It is an audio book. Uh, it's like, I'd love to take that. I'd love to give it to you, but like I said, it's an audio book. And it's really interesting because one of the main traits they talk about is charisma. And that's something you've heard about almost every serial killer. In every killer. Circle, highly charismatic. Yeah, and cult leaders, extremely charismatic. Mm-hmm. Hitler, very charismatic. Yep. But yeah, it's one of those things. And a lot of the stuff is just kind of, frankly, a little bit horrifying to actually listen to. And it's not what they're telling you. It's the stuff that these people have done. And you're just like, oh, God. Like, he was interviewing a guy that was a leader of a Haitian death squad. It was just, like, horrific things that he'd done. And then he's just... Completely rationalized it away. Yeah. This guy's in prison now for, of all things, you know, love this, mortgage fraud. And they got another, the pun on taxes. I was going to say, I was going to say, and another, well, they also let him die from untreated syphilis in jail. But I was going to say, another thing that's on one of the checklists is versatility of crime. Like, they're not just stuck to one thing over and over again. They can do whatever they want crime-wise. It's not just murder and rape. It could also be larceny. You know what I mean? Like on a, a low, complete, on a lower level of... Like I said, it's just a complete lack of morals. So it's like, just whatever. And it's we talked about this with, with the empathy. Complete lack of empathy. And um, one of the things, though, that is... And I, in my head, it's a little bit having to do with charisma. is their ability to mimic human emotions without actually feeling them. Their ability to mimic, yes. Yeah. Okay. Like I said, like they can mimic, you know, sadness or... I was going to say sadness. They're ciphers, I mean... Or empathy or stuff, things stuff like that. But it's just, the book had so many different sections to it. Not in a bad way, it made sense. But he also talked about how they put a, you know, the basic manual, which I can't remember what it's called. It might be like the DSM. Manual of all the, you know, conditions that people go in and the way that they figure out whether or not these conditions go in and what the symptoms are. Wow, there is so much human error. Like, the guy who put this out when he became the editor of it, was his goal was to try and eliminate human error. Because he really didn't like psychoanalysts. He'd been raised by his mother, who was a basic outpatient of psychoanalysts his entire life, and he didn't like human error. But he almost created more, because he created all of these checklists that allowed people to just kind of write things off. Well, that he was kind of too close to the... Couldn't see the forest from the trees, so to speak. Exactly, and he was going to say he talks about... Well, another... I was going to say he talks about... I was going to say he talks to another guy that talks about them accidentally setting off an epidemic of diagnoses for ADHD and childhood bipolar disorder. Based on the checklist. Based on the checklist and also being pushed by the drug companies. Oh, absolutely. It's one of those things, though, when they're talking about quote-unquote childhood bipolar disorder and about how some people can outgrow it, Bipolar is kind of like a lifetime diagnosis. How can well, it's usually a quote, chemical imbalance. You yeah, don't how can outgrow a child, that. Quote unquote, outgrow it. And the other thing is something that bothered me about a I mean, lot my, of these. My depression is manageable, but I'd never outgrew it. I was going to say, but it's one of those things where it's like he talks about people being broken down to basic physiological function. I am not just my physiological functions. I have my essence. I have my spirit and my soul. Like I said, and I realize that's kind of a very out-of-the-box type of thing to think about, but, like, I am not just my physiological functions. Box. Yeah. I am not just my meat bag. Larry? Not your, not your de- what is it, death bag? Was it death bag? Yeah, I think it's death bag. Yeah, death bag. Yeah, I'm not just my death bag. I mean, I don't know how you feel about it, but... I bounce back and forth on if I have a soul or not. Uh, in terms of the metaphysical, I... There are, 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 you know, I, I, ultimately, I, I really do think when we die, we rot in the ground. I'm um, sure that when we die, we probably rot in the ground. But, but I mean, the, the question don't... is, what happens to the soul? Does it die along with the uh, corporeal, you know, meat cage? But, I mean, you don't just think you're the chemical functions of your body, do you? God, I hope not. Um... No, but I, I do think that some of the chemical react, some of my neurological and physio, uh, uh, my neurology and and, and uh, physiology, uh, enhance or or shape the the spiritual side because well, definitely. I I because wouldn't be I, mean, I wouldn't be who I am without 
the ability to um, absorb and retain information very quickly. Um, well, I realize that serotonin is a real thing, and it definitely affects your levels of depression. Absolutely. But... I wrote a grunge song about it. I said, there's also something else there. Absolutely. Okay. See, that's my issues, and I'm like... I realize that you want to take I, 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 out of this. I honestly but... think I, when they talk about that we don't use part of our brains, I honestly think the soul is not this, um, not to be glib, but like, you know, the, the Judeo-Christian, like, amorphous inner mist. You know, it's not it's not the ghost, you know. I honestly do think that it's it's in the brain somewhere. All of our brains are individual, like fingerprints. Um and I think that's part of the brain we haven't figured out where like there's what you what you're going to be like okay to move on to lighter topics you and I both have a new obsession you're welcome thank you Chris Hardwick for At Midnight and thank you guests on At Midnight because man that, well, that thank you, really makes it hashtag butts hashtag butts <laughs> Um, uh, yeah, I'm just going to say, yeah, you and I have a new obsession, which we've actually started kind of binge-watching together. We binge, I, I'm gonna, yeah, I binge it. It's on my, um, it's on my download queue that every Friday it says, at midnight binge, because it's like, okay, that's what I'm going to get, uh, you know, the episodes for the week. I would love that if I had a more regular schedule to come home and that have that be like the end of my night. Sit down, have a cocktail, watch at midnight. That would be wonderful. That would, yes. But Absolutely. I, I love... I love. Good on you, Hardwick. Good on you. Just. It's just nerdy enough and just like pop culture enough that it's perfect and like. It's a social media anyone, game like show. I said, almost anyone can have, find a part of it that's very easy for them to take in. You know, yeah. Like my, my mom caught part of an episode. She goes, "Oh, it's boy humor," and I'm going. No, it's not. But if you watch the rest of the episode, when you get like the hashtag games, she might she might have laughed. I, I think it might be. A bit generational in terms of... It's totally generational, but I love that. This happened on the internet today. Yep. Or, God, even, like, caption that photo stuff. It's just, ugh. Uh, oh, God, it's so great. Um, we love it. There's one with Eugene Merman and Christian Shaw. Have you seen that? No. Yay. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, I think it's the one before the one. <laughs> ah, he wants to switch eyes with me. Ah, he wants to... I got to say that in context. Well, I say that all the time at work. Thank you, Eugene Merman. Yeah, thank you, uh... Is it Gene, Gene Belcher? Yeah, it's Gene Belcher from Bob's Burgers. Um, I wonder how much of that is scripted, though, and how much is Eugene Merman just popping out with stuff. Well, you've got Eugene Merman and um, Christian Schaal and, um, and, and, and John Benjamin, who I'm sure eat up a lot of tape we don't hear. God, that's my new thing now. I want to hear the tape that we don't hear. I want to hear stuff that ends up on you, the you want, You want the audio gag reel of, like, Bob's Burgers? I do so I'll much. bet you it's fucking amazing. I do so much. And they all ended up on an episode of Archer together. Uh, oh, yeah. No, a two-parter. Because it was the yeah, C-Lab crossover with John Hamm. Because who else was going to play Captain Murphy at this point? Oh, uh, anyways. Um, so, moving along. Speaking to nerd things. You got into comic book men. I did get into comic book guys. Was it men? Yeah, men. Book. comic men. I did get into comic book men because they had a couple seasons up on Netflix. I found that it's not something I can watch while I'm at work because I get ticked if I have to walk away before they settle on a price for you know the rare comic book. Oh from the God, 1960s. yeah, you get you get into Walt's negotiations pretty every hardcore. Every time, like I told you, every time he starts looking almost vaguely ill, you know it's something really valuable. Well, have you seen the one with the lightsaber? Yes. I loved that one. That moment where he goes, it's not, not from, from New, New Hope. Hope. And you're like, oh, uh, it's from Return of the Jedi. Or not Return uh, of the Jedi, Empire. Uh, Empire. And the guy's like, <laughs> like, there was a moment where I actually, I was with, I was with, uh, I was with a girl we were dating and, uh, and I, I'd stayed up because it, it comes on after Talking Dead, uh, uh, last year it did. And, um. So she would go to bed after Talking Dead, and I would stay up and watch Comic Book Men. And they had a guy walk in with um, a Walking Dead number one. Oh, yeah. No, I remember that. Uh, I've talked about this. And the guy wanted too much for it. Well, no, that he... Um, a 9.9 graded Walking Dead number one goes... I think it just recently sold for like almost $10,000. Mm-hmm. And that was a comic I could have gotten for free when I worked at Mile High. Didn't even think about it. 
I was like, I'll catch it in trades. I'm not that big into the, the you know. I mean, I, I was like, yeah, it's cool. It's zombies and it's black and white, but. Um, I've got a zombie king one around here someplace. But uh, yeah, I burst into the our bedroom. I was like, God damn it! I could have had ten thousand dollars. Like she was probably still asleep. She was like, What the fuck are you even yelling about? And I'm like, I'll fucking tell you the specifics tomorrow. But like, God damn it! I could have had that. I recently scared the shit out of my gentleman because he's asleep, and I sit up in bed and start screaming at my upstairs neighbor to turn down the fucking musicals. Musicals? Yeah, it was like two o'clock in the effing morning, and he's listening to some musical while he's in bed. I think he had a girl over. But I didn't hear anything after that, so... Speaking... But yeah, I sit up in the middle of the night and turn and scream, turn the fucking musical down. He's like, ah, ah, what's wrong? We're under attack! What's happening? What's going on? <laughs> Bring the cancer, our loud neighbor. Um, but sorry, go ahead. That was... Speaking of uh, musicals, real quick, why I should be allowed to write... Uh, I'll say co-write, because I like David Goyer a lot. Why I should be allowed to co-write the Deadpool movie. Because my idea... And this is just this is just a snapshot of the whole of what I would do, but just a snapshot. I would have it at some point break into a Bollywood song and dance. That would make sense. Because it's a Deadpool movie, and that would happen. <laughs> I told someone that they're like, because I was explaining to them my um, very uh, um, what's his name, um, uh, the Landis um, that's still alive. Um, not John Landis. Mark. Max. 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 Uh, my very Max Landis-esque pitch for the next Friday the 13th movie. Yeah. Which we will t- I'll talk about off air. Um, and uh, and I, I was talking to him about whatever, and I, I had said Deadpool and, and Bollywood, and I was like, that needs to happen. So maybe we'll make a musical Deadpool thing on YouTube one glorious day. Awkward outings with Deb and Doug. Breaks into a Bollywood song and dance. Um, you wanted to talk about the return of Walking Dead. Yes. Yeah, speaking of, we'll just go hot, literally backward chronologically on on Sundays. Um, so Walking Dead's back. Um, I I wouldn't say I'm highly uh, critical of this season, but um, the first two episodes did not grab me. I was like. Why the fuck is Rick farming? Who the fuck cares? Why is Carl normal? Um, I, I preferred creepy, psychopathic Carl. Because um, it showed the fact that, like, what could happen to a child growing up in a, you know, that this is the only world they know, you know? And, uh, and Michonne is like, hey, let's all, like, hang out and, like, have fun. And I'm like, no, I, I prefer my angsty Michonne. Um, but, uh, spoiler alert. Uh, you find out who burned the two, like, sick bodies. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if you're... Uh, do you care? No, not even a little bit. Um, and I don't know if you've seen the first uh, uh, three episode, uh, three seasons. Um, I stopped watching after the first one just because well, I read yeah, the but book. You, well, so then you still like, know the character. Eh. Then you know the character. Yeah. Um, but Rick, point blank, at, uh, is talking to Carol. The one with the short hair that... Yeah. Um, and he's talking to her and he goes... You'd do anything to, like, protect our community, wouldn't you? And she goes, yeah, absolutely. Like, you know, it seemed very mundane and very... And then he goes, did you kill those people and burn their bodies? And she goes, yes. And then just, like, fucking walks away. And I'm like, whoa, could we have some follow-up questions, Rick? Like, I know you're probably stunned, but I'm pretty sure I'd go, blah, 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 blah. Like, immediately afterwards. I'd have a yeah, but wah moment. I don't know if you read the Buffy comics. Um, the yeah, but wah. I, I want to know what you're talking about. Like, just moment, but... Uh, I don't think I would have. I mean... Stu- yeah, I mean, I, I was equally as stunned as Rick, who was a fictional character, but I was just like, huh. And then the Talking Dead with uh, uh, Marilyn Manson was fucking... I, I love this saying. You've heard me say it a lot. It was a beautiful train wreck. They talk... Uh, Hardwick talks about it on At Midnight where he goes, Yeah, so it sounds like Marilyn Manson made out with a bottle of vodka before Talking Dead. Because he is... So... Off-kilter. And at one point, on Talking Dead, Hardwick goes, 
Yeah, I'm on board with that because that was the most lucid thing you've said so far. Wow. Like, yeah, it was so fucking awkward. Well, I want to hit two more things before we get to yes. the base. Uh, Breaking Bad. I, I, I meant to stop after the season four finale. Of course I can't because it's the last season. And I'm like, I gotta know. I gots to know. I gots to know, but man... You've, I've been watching Walter White, man. I've been watching him evolve, uh, or evolve, devolve. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say or devolve into the the Heisenberg. It, yeah, into truly into becoming Heisenberg, and he finally got time for one who knocks. I got to the I. Yeah. Oh man, fucking chilling. Um, God, I want to be Lex Luthor after that. Um, Thank you. But uh, he he would be yeah he would be on par in terms of intensity as Michael Shannon guaranteed. Um, just him screaming about how, you know, without Superman he could do so many great things. Like, just that, that aspect of Luthor would be fantastic for him. But, um, you, you get to the, uh, I know you had a lot of spoiled for you. Um, so I got to the part where, uh, uh. Series is ruined, it's fine. Yeah, uh, Fring is dead. They've blown him up. Um, and, um. And Jesse's like, yeah, like I'm, I'm willing to kill this guy because, like, he, I, you know, he poisoned this kid, my girlfriend's kid. Like, that's fucked up. And, um, and he goes, oh, it turns out he wasn't really poisoned. It was like this plant, this like flower berry. And then you see uh, the end of the fourth, uh, the, se- the the end of the season finale is it pans around uh, Walter White's like garden in his backyard and falls on that plant. Mm-hmm. And which I believe that plant actually sold Lily the crop. Of, Lily of the Valley sold for very well, sold for a bunch of money. Oh, that that yeah. plot. That prop, because yeah. that is I call it the Heisenberg plant because I'm like that is that is the point. It's not him watching um, the girlfriend die. It's not some of the more questionable morality plays he's made. Um, it is that moment where he goes, you know. Who else do you know that would like fuck up a kid? Like we gotta kill this guy because he like you know uses kids, and then you find out Walter White did it, and you're like, holy fuck! I'm waiting for you to get to a very important moment in season five for us to talk about. Anyways, when he comes clean with Hank, that's what I'm gunning nope. for. It's a Jesse moment. Anyways, ooh, um, we have one last thing before we get to our. You're a bitch, yo. Anyway, rest in peace. Yeah. This was not a good week. Yeah, this was not a good week. We lost Marsha Wallace. This Edna Krabappel. Yeah. Um, you know, as well as, uh, uh, I want to say from, uh, uh, is it Mary Tyler Marshall or um, Rhoda or, or something like that? From from a very uh, influential comedy um, sitcom. Uh, it's not coming directly to mind, but... Um, so that's, you know, unfortunate. I posted on, on, on Twitter, you know, the world and the Simpsons will never be the same. And um, I didn't realize she'd been diagnosed with uh, breast cancer in 1985 and it had gone into remission and then it had come back. Um, she was not someone I would I would have kept up on. I mean, I'll be perfectly honest. She was very below the radar for me, especially because I haven't watched The Simpsons in, in a long time. Yeah. In a long time. But, but, you know, kind of a, you know, kind of a, you, you realize... You know, when you, you talk loosely about Dan Castaneda or Julie Kavner or, um, uh, uh, what's her name? Um, Headley, uh, the voice of, uh, Lisa. Um, um Yardley. Uh, Yard, is it Yardley Smith, I want to yeah. say? Yeah. Um, I think I was thinking that she was on Herman's Head. Um, <laughs> for those of you that remember Herman's Head. Um, all four of us. Um, uh... It's also just one of those just, where it brings it to mind again that, you know what, no matter what anybody's said about female comedians starting to come into prominence, they've, they've always been funny women. There's always been There's always, women. and she was a quiet road builder, you know what I mean? Like, that's yeah. not a good saying, but, you know, she, she, she very, very, I think she very quietly paved the way, paved the way you know, I mean, you could do the Mary Tyler Moore and, um, Carol, um, Burnett. Yeah, Carol Burnett, um, and, and Joan Rivers, but I, I think Marshall Wallace kind of very quietly did that she, as well. She was there, and she was consistently funny, and you just kind of expected it. And Ed, I mean, and Miss Krabappel's, the minute, like, she kind of stopped being, like, a background teacher character, like, when they started, like, developing her, she was fucking hilarious. The hard-drinking, hard-smoking, oh, slutty... Just, it just, just made me think of that. Bart, you know that I was going to say, you know you're not allowed to bring alcohol to school. 
give it to the teacher's lounge. Anything that's left afterwards is yours to take yeah. home. Yeah. For the, the Flaming Homer episode. Yeah. The secret is cough syrup. But also... And with Aerosmith. Yeah, I was going to say, also, Lou Reed passed away this mm. week. And I was totally not expecting Speaking that. Speaking of he hard drinking. Like I said, he wasn't that old. He was only 77. Well, you got to imagine probably the punishment he put his body through. Um... But in that, you know, I mean, in but that, like... about somebody who's been consistently cool for 50 fucking years. You know, I... My, my mom asked me who Lou Reed was. Um, Velvet Underground. Which I... Velvet Underground. And in case you're wondering, uh, the Too Soon Trivia team name... Oh, no, it got used at my trivia night after you told it to me. Was Velvet Six, Six Feet, Feet Under. Underground. Yeah. yeah, it got used that very, uh, that very uh, yeah. Tuesday for it was, trivia. I was, I was trying to think of a Venus and Furs good one, but I couldn't come up with it. Yeah, um, no, I was going to say, I mean... But Perfect Day um, is a, a song for me and an ex. It was our song. Um, now being used on a PlayStation commercial. Um, so at least he died comfortably, financially. Um, like I said, Satellite of Love. I love that song so much, and I know it's one of his more well-known ones, but still. Um, take a Walk in the Wild Side. I mean, it was... Right you know, now I'm hearing... I'm hearing Take a Walk on the Wild Side in my head. Which I was I never say, liked that song, but okay. Integral in, um, I was going to say, Hedwig and the Angry Inch. There's a part when he's talking about hearing that song as a childhood. Yeesh. And his childhood, yeah. Um, it's that Catchy as hell. But, um, yeah, fucking well, no I mean, read. I mean, I honestly, I honestly call bullshit. Back, like, mellow, cool way he would he wasn't the supposed to die, he wasn't supposed to just like die quietly yeah like no, he, he was supposed to go out like chugging a bottle of jack on a flaming like ski do like that's how fucking Lou Reed goes out riding a tiger with a fucking sword on his back no no not a sword because he wasn't like that's how like I, I honestly think Dio actually died fighting like a dragon and they're just covering it up you have a point there but yeah um, like I said it was just the laid back cool way he would even put the or, or Dio out like went off to like become like the man in black from all of the like Stephen King <laughs> like um, other world stories the yeah but Lou Reed man fucking he wasn't supposed to just go quietly man he was he's not supposed to go quietly he was into like the night. no he was like I I could see him like just strapping a bomb onto himself and blowing up the Grammys or something like just something fucking like weirdly horrible but he's all like. Take a walk on the wild side, dead man trigger on with the thumb and just blows it all to hell. Oh lord. Like just goes out like a line of people behind him in hell. Like takes he takes him with him. Okay, so internet told me I'm wrong. It is Tommy Flanagan who plays Chibs on uh Sons of Anarchy and You guys were close you ladies were close. I was gonna say and uh in And Brave uh, well, No uh, Gladiator. Gladiator. He was in Braveheart too, right? I mean that was yes, the guy with the scars. In, I believe he was in Braveheart as well. Tommy Flanagan, not Johnny Flanagan. You know how I got these scars. <laughs> uh, in mistakes I made this week, this is all you, Doug. I'm sure I made some, but they're not coming to mind. Uh, Although I do have a new goal that we're going to talk about in mistakes okay. I made this week. There's uh, one one benign and one I'm still dealing with the day after. Um, <laughs> That's how you got One, I, I just, I have to ease my nerd conscience and say, look, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have called... Batman's accoutrement. I should not have called it a mask. It's a cowl. I I immediately said mask, and someone corrected me, and I went, I can't believe I fucking got that wrong. Um, and it was at a party full of drunks, and I was sober, and I should have caught myself. Um, yes, but now you're... I did say scalloped gauntlet, so I do have some kind of redemption of, yes, of Doug, nerd cramp. Let's be weird here. You're going to go and totally show Ryan your awesome new hero clicks, and he's going to be scared for the next nerd he will see it before uh, this episode goes up so I can spoil it but they will poop their pampers when I break out the Crimson Typhoon Pacific Rim hero click which thank you thank you thank you um, I have a follow up on that so this Monday when I actually had to go into work and work on something I went on a little trek to go find you hero clicks that weren't from the hot topic because I was really remember I still have one more mistake I know it's, okay. it's here I was going to say it was to go find you hero clicks that weren't Bioshock or Man of Steel because I wanted to get something different. Yep. Deborah's new goal is to get into this fucking comic store up at Colfax and Detroit. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, right? All in the dream. All in the dream. dream. Okay, so 
The place doesn't have any regular hours. The owner just shows up whenever he wants to, which is fine. But I tried it at 1 o'clock in the afternoon and 8 o'clock at night. I should have been able to hit one of those. Same day? Yes. Yeah, should have been open. Was should've that a Sunday? A, it was a Monday. Should have been open. Should have been able to hit one of those. Which is extra funny about this is I read all the reviews on the place trying to look for an listing of hours. The place has been open since 1984, so it's got to be okay. But the reviews are either awesome or fucking terrible. There is absolutely no middle ground. The guy would, like, eyeball me whenever I'd go in. When I was doing, um, I wrote and drew a comic called Maddie in the Cesspool. And, um, <laughs> I, I'd go in there to buy my, uh, comp- uh the, the specific comic paper, uh, the Blue Line, um, comic pro paper. And it was the only place I could find that would... I mean, when okay. I worked at Mile High, they were like, well, we'll order it for you, but we don't have it, like, in stock. We're not, like, an outright comp, you know, mm-hmm. um, comic book supply store. And uh, before you could find it at Miningers and uh, Michael's. I think that's me and my coat. That's fine. That's, you and I are both looking around like a bomb's about to go off. But, yes, that sorry, the, what were the, you saying it's about... the flashlight, Mike. Never mind. Um, this ain't no smodcast. Um... But, uh, and he would eyeball me, like, either in a, I'm going to, like, I'm going to steal it, which I'm like, how am I going to get out with a, I'm holding up my hands about, like, a foot and a half tall. Like, how am I going to get out of, like, a store with this shit? Well, it's just one of those things where I'd like to get back into single issues again, and that seems like a good store for me to go to to start doing that. Yeah, if you're going to, if you're going to go indie, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, but it's like, how am I... Monday is my one day off. That's the one day I actually have time to go and trek and do these things. Yeah. And I did that, like I said, before I went to work. However, you ended up with the kick-ass hero clicks that you did, because after I went there at 1 o'clock and got mad, because they weren't open and there was no hours listening whatsoever, and they don't even have fucking answering machine. If you call, it just rings and rings and yeah. rings and rings. I'm like, well, I'm on Detroit. I might as well walk down to Wizard's Chest. Yeah. So, Yes. But yeah, that is my new goal, is to get into that fucking shop. <laughs> like, out of spite. Like, I will shop there just to spite you. Well, it's like there's this weird vintage candy store. Yes, I know how that sounds. It's exactly as creepy as it sounds. On Broadway, I am the only person oh, yeah, I know yeah, yeah. who's ever actually gone into that store. I've gone in there. Now, see, thank you. But it's like one of those things where it's like... There's, also one, off of, there's also one off of 17th. So, your, your not-so-benign mistake you made this week. Well, I had a Halloween party I went to yesterday. Um... And I dressed up as the 11th Doctor. You'll see the pictures online. Um, and I wore, as Matt Smith does, but I'm sure his fit better, um, I wore a pair of, like, combat boots. And it was the same pair of, like, military combat boots I wore in maybe high school, mm-hmm. into my early 20s. And, man, I felt like the f- fucking, what do they call those? The, like, the lotus boxes or whatever they put the geisha, fe- geisha feet in? I, I, it's and I, I've I, never, I've only ever just heard it called but, foot binding. Yeah, foot binding. And, um, and I, oh my god, I worked before the party. Mm-hmm. So I was working in these uncomfortable things. I think my feet fell asleep at like two in the afternoon and then that was it. Like, I think I did, they, I don't think they hurt because they went numb. And, um, by probably a couple hours into the party, I was talking with, uh, some people and I literally was like, I'd love to keep continuing this conversation, but I have to sit down. Like, I have to find a chair to just prop these barking dogs up because this is fucking ridiculous. Ooh, my dogs are barking. My dogs are barking. All oh, your cats are hissing. Back to the electric six. And, um... So, yeah, and my feet still hurt, and there are actual parts of my foot I looked at it today, uh, this morning, there are parts of them that are still, like, smushed down. Yeah. Like, flat. That they haven't, like, plumped back up. Um, with blood and tissue, um, like literally fucking like geisha binding box style. And I, uh, ran a little errand before the podcast and I was still like a little tender. Ooh, that's tender. Um, all right. Well, we're over our hour mark. So let's get to mistakes. Are we social contract asshole? Social. Yes. Casual littering. Casual littering. I was at a Seven Eleven. This is how it all started. Um, I was at a Seven Eleven. And I was buying smokes, and uh, there was... Uh-huh. Smokes and Red Bulls. I was buying smokes and Red Bulls. Because um, that was my, you know, pre-therapy. No applause, just a clap. Sponsored by 
Chimp in a Tuxedo, Camel Wides, Jameson, and Red Bull. And Red Bull. Um, and uh, there was this old guy sitting on um, like a little just, like a little uh, firewood stack. Yeah. And um, eating a, for lack of a better phrase, McMuffin. And um, you just dropped the wrapper on the ground. Just like willy nilly. Dude, you're like ten feet from a trash and he was, can. Uh, yeah, and um, there was that moment where I was like, should I, should I say something or should I not? Like, what's, you know... You're how... trying to decide whether you want to have an interaction or not. Yes, and I finally, like, that moment where you're like, you're walking and you stop and you're like, this is, it's going to be, you know, this or not. And I turned around and I was like... Uh, and I was trying to say very politely, and I, I, I used the words but not the tone, where I was like, are you going to pick that up? Like, you know, I was kind of like, eh? You tried to do it in a more neutral tone. Yeah, and he goes, oh, no, no, I'll pick it up later. And I'm going, why wouldn't you just... Why wouldn't you just hold it? Use it as a wrapper to hold your sandwich. McMuffin and then Stop take it McMuffin. to the trash. It's making me hungry. Um, but I see people do this on downtown when they, they go to throw something away and they miss it. And they, and they just it leave it. I'm the guy where... When I'm smoking downtown, I mean, there are a lot of times where I drop my butt, crush it on my heel, and then keep walking. Eh. But there are times where if I'm going to walk into some place and I'm smoking outside, I'll find the ashtray, I'll scrape the cherry off, make sure it's out, and then chuck it in the trash can. Like, if there's not like a little ashtray receptacle. Um, so, you know, I, I know I'm a bit of a hypocrite because sometimes I do casually litter, especially as, as a... Um, uh, as a smoker, but I wouldn't just. Did you not uh, sleep well, Doug? Me? No. Yeah, you're a little out of it today. Um. No, that was. I thought I heard my phone doing something again. You're just not forming coherent sentences. There's a lot That's, of ums. You should. You should. Uh, Listen to damn. I was gonna say you should. Yeah, you should edit damn sometime. I can now visually see my ums. Well, bottom line on this is something we've preached to people about before: is being more considerate of everyone around you and just being a little bit kinder. Because you're trying to make everything a little bit nicer for everybody else by not casually littering. Social contract, asshole. Really? Like, spit your gum in a goddamn trash can. Not on the goddamn ground. I stepped in gum in a courtroom. I really want to make a satin gum joke right now. A what? A satin gum joke. A satin gum? Do you not know it? Yeah, exactly. No, I'm, I'm grabbing the balls. Like I said, you know, please tell me you know I satin gum. Satin gum. Or I found a baby bird. Yeah, yeah. Because that's how Punchy got his fiance. Punchy! Punchy! Yeah, yeah. alright. Alright. And on that note, we're out. Who's that knocking at the door? Why, it's our supervillain friend of the show. Hello. We have some questions for you if you'd like to answer them. That would be acceptable. Al Simmons of New York asks, What is your favorite Simon and Garfunkel song? Scarrow. Fair. Really? If you're going to Scarborough Fair... Thank you for listening to the BACN, your home for almost bacon and banjo!